It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation. Good or bad or mediocre will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. talk some more about the fight. Since I paid $100 for it and plan to write it off on my taxes, I have to talk about it a certain amount of time <laughs> Fabulous. to make it a business expense. I'd like to hear a little of that post-fight news conference you're talking about. That was entertaining. Sounds fight, hilarious. Fight was entertaining. Pre-fight stuff was entertaining. The announcers for boxing couldn't be worse. Oh, no. Worst please. puns in all of sports. Uh, <laughs> Worst huh. puns in all of sports. Well, they and, couldn't keep which guy was straight, which, which, which guy was which. Kept calling McGregor Mayweather yeah. and vice versa. Which, which, for that fight, should have been pretty easy. Yes, yeah, sure. And they seem very pleased with themselves oh, every yeah. time they sneak oh, yeah. a pun oh, in, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and just now, the worst wasn't puns. that clever. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thought that was clever. Nobody. 
just horrifying. Stop patting each other on the back. Um, what else? So we got to get. Oh yeah, the uh, the whole Antifa thing and the way it's it's finally catching on uh, in in the mainstream media that these are some violent thugs that are going to destroy the country if we don't get on top of this problem. Yeah. Um, They're not to be rooted for because they occasionally punch Nazis. Lord knows or, Nazis deserve a punching, but... Or Trump supporters. Oh, exactly. Yay, they're anti-Trump. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not going to work in the long run. No, 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 no. I nearly despaired. I wouldn't have taken my own life. I don't swing that way, but I might have disappeared into the woods, stripped naked and lived the hermit life after ESPN reassigned Robert Lee. From that Virginia football game, I almost, I reached the end of my tether. I hung onto it with one hand. The best part of that story to me is um, somebody made that decision, and that moron Mm. had to face the fact that, put to a poll, 94% of Americans thought that was a dumb decision. Right. 94%. Yeah. You were that wrong. It's hard to be that wrong. Although it's he, very difficult to be that wrong. ESPN's ultimate, uh, when they were finally forced to be honest about it, did you hear their ultimate explanation? No. We just didn't want any memes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, well, when they said that, I thought, okay, you know, now you've got a little bit of sympathy. Yeah, I think you'd have been better off. Clearly. Oh, um, yeah. So how many times did Joe Arpaio get reelected as sheriff of Maricar- Maricopa County? Uh, a bunch, a whole bunch of times. Well, he was a sheriff for 24 years. Yeah, he was reelected a whole bunch of times. So that's worth keeping in mind throughout this whole story, right? Yeah. Uh, people knew who he was and what he was doing for a long time and kept reelecting him. Doesn't mean you get to, you know, uh, break the law or violate the Constitution, but sure. just in terms of your your attitude and behavior, people seemed to like that. I got America's a whole bunch of toughest stories. sheriff. So he lost his bid in his seventh term, so I guess that would mean six okay. six times reelected. And uh, got a bunch of these before we get to the why Trump even had to pardon him. Uh, Jer- this is over the years. Joe Arpaio loses fi- uh, $3.75 million settlement for some false arrests in 2007. A phony murder plot against Joe Arpaio in which they framed a guy and claimed that he was going to murder the sheriff, which never happened. Apparently they had to pay that guy $1.1 million because he spent some time in jail. Uh, here's an article about the mugshot of the day, which was controversial. I don't know if I particularly have a problem with that, but it was uh, pictures every day. Usually I'm looking at the mugshots of the day for like a year. G- you generally face tattoos. Got you the mugshot of the day. Oh, Lots yeah. of face tattoos. Mm. But people saw that as a horrifying thing. Yeah. Um, he had the tent city thing that uh, he himself referred to as a concentration camp once. Right, he made him wear the pink underpants. That's how everybody first got to know all Sheriff Joe, America's toughest sheriff. I remember that. That was a long time ago. Because he would make them wear pink underwear? Right, and sleep in their tent cities, and he gave them, like, really crappy food. Yeah, you, Like you, bologna and white bread. He cut down your favorite. <laughs> two meals per day, like he didn't allow salt and pepper, things and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember for cable, they required him to give him some sort of TV, so he gave him C-SPAN. You know, I see, that's the stuff. I only took it in through, like, the mainstream media from afar. I don't care if prisoners only get one channel and eat a bland food. Right. And wear clothes they don't find fashionable. I don't care about that at all. Um, at all. But pink underpants could turn them gay, Jack. Uh, prisoner science has shown this. According to one study, prisoners hung themselves in Ar- Arpaio's jails at a rate that dwarfs other county lockups. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what this article says. Uh, they had a restrainment chair that they would tie people to if they weren't being good. And somebody Everybody has that, but somebody y- can be abused. Somebody lost the use of their legs for several months or something. That's not cool. Horrifying. Um, and, uh, oh, some sort of chain gang stuff, which I'm also for. Yeah, I'm pro <laughs> chain gang. 
Yeah. Get, get a little exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, uh, it's funny. The if, if you swing at all conservative, you know this guy and have known him for, for years. I mean, years and years and years. He's been a real icon of uh, conservative-leaning America. It's funny listening to some of the mainstream media. I'm hearing people on Fox News say, uh, Sheriff Joe Arapaio. And, uh, like they don't know who he is? Yeah. And and I think it was on Morning Jose this morning. Somebody mispronounced his name. I think they called him Arpeo or something like that because they're obviously not familiar with him, which was hmm. is interesting. It just you know shows you the uh, the different bubbles we all run in. Uh, but what he was actually he was pardoned by the president um, the other day. I guess it was Friday. As Friday the, uh, hurricane bore down on. On Houston, was which that, is... Was that part of the plan? Well, probably. We'll do it on a Friday with a giant weather storm coming. Nobody will even notice. Well, it might have been. It certainly might have been. Uh, we, during the Obama administration, we actually considered having an every Monday morning feature what got dumped Friday afternoon because the Obama administration was notorious for doing that. They announced some really heinous stuff Friday afternoon at 4.30. Did it routinely. But, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it is part of the reason, one of the more positive aspects of partisanship is that the other side uh, keeps you honest. You know, uh, was it a Friday news jump dump? Yeah, probably so. And the Democrats are howling about it. You know, they engaged in it for eight years uh, with, with glee and abandon, but well, okay, fair enough. So anyway. Let me throw this in. I have watched quite a bit of coverage of the Ar- Ar- Arpaio pardon and nobody has and i didn't follow the story so i don't know and nobody has gotten into what was he convicted of to start with not one news uh story that i saw about this got into what right. he got convicted isn't that where you kind of have to start when the president pardons somebody you would think so and those were to be <laughs> the next words out of my mouth. what did he do u.s district judge susan bolton wife of michael bolton Found Mr. Arpaio, 85, guilty of criminal contempt of court because she had ordered him and his deputies to stop stopping people based solely on the suspicion that they were in the country illegally. And I love this. In the, this is the New York Times. Yeah, uh, I'll, read, I'll just read you the sentence. The criminal charge grew out of a lawsuit filed a decade ago, charging that the sheriff's office regularly violated the rights of Latinos. Stopping people based on racial profiling, detaining them based solely on the suspicion that they were in the country illegally, and turning them over to the immigration authorities. I would insert into that sentence, and if they were found to be in the country illegally, turning them over to the immigration authorities, because that's what they were doing. Um, So you had a couple of federal judges order the sheriff to halt detention based solely on suspicion of a person's immigration status where there was no evidence that the state law had been broken. An appeals court upheld that ruling. Judge Snow enforced it with other orders, et cetera, et cetera. But Mr. Arpaio insisted publicly and repeatedly his office's practices were legal and would not change. And so he cited for criminal contempt of court, which is a misdemeanor, and he faced up to six months in jail as an 85-year-old convicted of a misdemeanor. So I doubt he would have done, you know, one day in jail. But eh, he could have. They might have done it, um, you know, symbolically. Uh, you know, I if you want the, the the totality of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, he's a grandstander and a politician, um, reelected six times. Uh, and, you know, the whole uh, the way he handled immigration, certainly controversial. But I, I am uh, forced to remind you 
Remember, this was during the Obama administration where the governor of Arizona was standing on the tarmac of the uh, of the uh, airport there in a yelling argument with President Obama and Governor Brewer, Jan Brewer, making public statement after public statement saying, we're getting killed here. Literally, I mean, Phoenix, absolutely full of these uh, uh, trafficking houses and drug houses, et cetera, et cetera. We have cartels operating in our, in our, uh, our, our cities, in our towns. The border is completely porous. We are desperate for federal help, and they couldn't get any. So the movement in Arizona at the time was, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it. And then the federal judges all stepped up and said, no, it's a federal matter. Immigration is a federal matter. matter. You're not allowed to decide how you're going to uh, enforce it. So that was the context where Sheriff Joe was doing all that stuff. So why did he... Um, uh, why did Trump pardon him uh, now? Because uh, was he about, was Ohio about to have to do jail time? Actually spend some time in jail? Because usually you pardon at the end of a, I suppose you can't, if Trump was, uh, if Trump's in there for eight years, he couldn't wait till the end of his presidency. That's when you usually pardon people. Right. Because you're usually doing something that a lot of people don't think is cool. So you do it on the way out the door. it's, It's a twisted practice. We need to change the constitution that you can only pardon people up to six months before the end of your term. Right. You know, I thought people get a good look at it. It was kind of funny on some of the the lefty talk shows and roundtables over the weekend. They're saying, you know, this is unprecedented to pardon a man this early in your term. Usually it's done at the end of the term. Well, that's not a good thing. Wait a minute. That's not a good thing. (laughs) What are you? Why are you using that tone of voice? So now he gets to the, the, the people get to decide. Is this right or is it wrong? Good or bad? But Vote so, accordingly, but especially so, at the midterms. But why did he do it? I don't now? remember why. I think there's, there, he was back in the news for, was it? I, I don't know why. I know that they they bonded over the whole kind of birtherism thing, which is how their right. circles originally oh, yeah, that's crossed true. in the first yeah, place. Yeah yeah, 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 which is embarrassing. That's an, that's an embarrassing chapter in our history, in yeah, my it's opinion. it's funny. I don't remember why it was now. Yeah, Arpaio was big in the whole birther thing. How was he involved in the well, Bertha I, thing? He, I know somebody he was, probably asked him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's from what I can tell. That's what it was. And then he was just vocal about it, and then that, yeah. in, you know, then they kind of bonded wow. over that, for lack of a better term. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't remember why the timing. Yes, Vincent. Well, Trump at the rally said, "Was he just saying this?" Oh, he's going to get taken care of. All right. Yeah, yeah. And he just didn't do it because his people told him not to do it that day. Oh, his, schedule, his sentencing is scheduled for October the 5th. So he'd have been quite possibly going to jail as an 85-year-old soon. If you think he's on your team, you pardon him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the ACLU said, once again, the president... Uh, no, never mind what they said. <laughs> more more muttering. Nah, it was, it was the point. So there you go. I don't... This, this is... Such a beautifully crafted story for cable news. It's a fight. It's a conflict. It's a big name. It's got race in it, etc. It's, it's a complete distraction, I think, from what uh, Americans actually need out of their government and out of their media. Our headline is, it's the end times. Floods, violence, etc. Hatred. Um, how the two fighters from Saturday night partied after the fight. You'd think after a fight like that, you'd... 
I saw Rocky, too. I thought you just went to the hospital. You no. got to lie down with ice on you. No, you party. You party all night long with with megastars and fancy cars. That and other stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Been here before. I've been strangled on live TV and came back. So I don't know. I would have liked to just let it go. What? I'm sorry. He was strangled on live TV before, and he's come back. He was talking about how yes. I, you will see me again. He was choked out once, yes. That says it's 28 seconds long. That was not 28 seconds. Number three. Lies, lies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Lies. No, he said, I've been strangled before on yeah, TV, we've... and I wanted the fight to keep going is what his Oh, yeah. He said, I get a little wobbly when I'm tired. <laughs> I thought we was close. <laughs> I thought we was close. It could have gone on a little bit longer, but the man stopped it. So I wondered how he was going to handle because he's an act that Conor McGregor. I'd never really caught his act before. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's hilarious. Conor he's great. He's very entertaining. Oh, and so yeah. I, I I bought the fight for a hundred bucks and I sat there and I took in some of the pre-fight stuff and the little montages. And he's a showman and he understands that. And so few athletes understand the only reason I'm going to watch is if it's entertaining. You're a TV I, show. I don't actually care who's the best 150-pound boxer in the world. Mm. It actually doesn't matter to me. But if it's somehow entertaining, then yeah, I'll watch. And and he made it very entertaining with all his tattoos and his screaming and yelling and, and acting all crazy. So I wondered how he was going to be after the fight, because he had predicted, obviously, he was going to put the other guy to sleep, and he got more or less put to sleep himself. Uh, but he came out with a whiskey bottle in one hand and a glass in the other hand and strutted onto the stage in his uh, tight-fitting uh, suit that he now he has his own line of clothing. And he strutted up there and he said, Notorious Irish Whiskey on sale soon! And he poured, <laughs> poured himself a drink and well, started drinking. That's hilarious. And the reporter said the uh, press conference got better the more he drank, which I'm, I'm sure it did. <laughs> but um, he kept drinking the whiskey and... Um, and talking about the fight and then and, and, and saying some nice things about Mayweather. And then every once in a while, like when Mayweather was talking, he'd just jump in. He'd say, oh, this has is good. This has is good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. On just sale re- soon, he'd say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No pretense at all. No. No, I'm not in my ass. He no. didn't try to slip it in. I'm here to sell whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that is just so funny. God dang it. I'm going to take over the Irish whiskey market in this delicious. So keep an eye out for it. Notorious whiskey. <laughs> God, I mean, he'll sell a hilarious. lot of that, too. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, my heck God. yeah. yeah. It'll May- be obligatory. It's, uh, you know, the, the soirees thrown by his fans. Sure, and Mayweather would be in the middle of a nobody cares about it. Well, in the fifth round, I thought I kind of had, oh, this, this is good. This is good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Comes, it's on sale soon. Did I mention that? <laughs> Notorious whiskey. Uh, but he so he's got a deal he signed for $2 million with the Win Casino to host parties for the next year or two. Wow. Uh, I think he's got four of them they asked to host. So he hosts these super upscale parties after big fights. So he already signed that sort of a deal. So he's uh-huh. his his persona is going to make him a lot of money. Right. Maybe forever. Right. He could become he could be one of those people like George Foreman Grills became a thing. She's 30 years after George Foreman was a really big deal as a fighter. Sure, yeah. And knocks out the fat. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, well, and and if he decides to go back to the MMA thing, see, he's got this amazing bargaining position now 
uh, where he can say, all right, look now, the uh, the millions and millions and millions saw me fl- fight Floyd Mayweather. I'm a huge deal. I'm going to make your sport twice as big as it is right now. No doubt about let's, that. Let's talk. And so he might uh, only have to like get in the ring one, two more times, and then it'll just become a, a personality. Which he's plenty of. Some big money, yeah. He gets somewhere upwards near $100 million for losing. And then, you know, whatever else he's going to make off his clothing line, his whiskey, that hotel hotel deal where he just hosts parties. Right. He drank a $150,000 bottle of champagne at the party. (laughs) Wow. Whatever that is. After all that whiskey, that's wasted money. What the hell is a $150,000 bottle of champagne? What is that? Chateau de Showenoff. It's probably a $1,000 bottle of champagne with, you know, up-priced for yeah. Vegas club. Yeah, Vegas. Uh, Made with Princess Diana's tears. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, what the heck is that? Yikes. I, 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 it's insane is what it is. It's yeah. a way to show how rich you are. And for a lot of the celebs, because I was reading about the different parties, there were four big parties. There was the McGregor party. There was the Mayweather party. Then Diddy had a party. Oh, yeah. And some uh, somebody else that I wasn't aware of, uh, some musician that I didn't even know who it was. But these huge, huge, really expensive, and it's all about showing how wealthy you are parties. So most of it, I suppose, is the... I'll pay a hundred thousand for that champagne. Oh yeah, I'll pay one hundred twenty-five. That's how rich I am. I'll pay one hundred twenty-five thousand for that bottle of champagne. Yeah. It's just throwing money away. It's like it's like, you know, it's like the end of the Roman Empire. It's it's sure. it's pretty 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 out there stuff. And Mayweather went over to the strip club that he owns in Vegas and was seriously making it rain. Wow. Um, just just with gazillions of one dollars bills, wow. just throwing around oh, everywhere to, for all oh, the to be one of Floyd Mayweather's skanks that night. Oh yeah, and hope that he doesn't turn on you and beat you down like he does now and then. So uh, on a lighter note, and and I know you'll uh, you'll you'll punch me in me fat Irish head for saying anything positive about Floyd Mayweather. He actually f- fought. He actually boxed he, for once. He must he went have forward. He must have heard the criticism that he was so boring last time. Right, exactly. He, f- he fully admitted that. He said, "I, you know, I, I owed fans for the Pacquiao fight. I, I wanted to come out and, you know, take the action to him." And, and was that that uh, night when he fought the crippled old Filipino man? Yes. yes. Very, nobody actually punched anybody. Very gutsy move, though, to uh, do the crouch thing against an actual boxer, and then when you fight somebody who's never fought in their entire lives, then you're willing to stand there and fight. That's a very courageous move. Yeah. Well, granted. So I missed the Diddy party. Uh, I wish I'd have been at it. I actually, I watched the fight as an older man, Jack. Occasionally, I'll I'll get up in the night to relieve myself, and uh, it's uh, a good story. I, I was I was doing so at about two forty five a.m. Eastern time in the guest room of our friend's house in the Reading, Pennsylvania area, and it occurred to myself as I was uh, relieving myself that, oh man, the uh, the fight's over. I wonder if they got it on YouTube. And so uh, I, I jumped on over to the YouTube, and sure enough, I had a, I found I quickly found a complete version of the fight. So I was watching it alone in the bathroom at three a.m. Good uh, stuff on the East Coast. Very, very. Uh... Diddy was not there. Uh huh. There's no champagne of I, any price. I love, my wife likes the celebrity part of it. She doesn't watch. She doesn't like the uh, boxing part of it. But it's fun to watch the celebrities walk in. King James and his uh, wife and uh, P. Diddy and J-Lo and all those people and the, the way they dress and act and everything. It's so strange. And then Mayweather shows up to his party in a, a brand new $4 million Lamborghini, whatever that is. Wow. That has to be to the, doesn't that have to be to the, we're just pricing this higher to make it more expensive, just like the champagne, isn't it? Or it's I mean, one of those, it's the only one things. 
you know, so. I got to believe if you're a Floyd Mayweather type, you want it to be more. Four million. Could you charge me five million for it? Or would that be out of line? <laughs> And you're trying to talk them up because the number is what you care about. It's not the $4 million version as slightly better leather than the $3 million version. All right. It's not like, yeah, you got better speakers. <laughs> no, that's not what it's all about. You ever hey, been this to... one has an extra cup holder. You ever been to the Concourse D Elegance in Pebble Beach? I have not. Oh, it's spectacular. I it's mind-blowing. Uh, I, I've heard people lately trying to pronounce it uh, properly in the French. Uh, don't bother. Uh, the Concorde Dolgons, or whatever that's. It's the Concourse de Elegance. Oh. Uh, but oh. it, yeah, it's got it's oh. full of oh. million plus dollar cars. What the Collector's oh, right, items, right. one of a kind. I'm sure a million right. dollar car is very nice. So right. then what's a four million dollar car? Well, it's about what, three million dollars more. <laughs> what, what is, it's, it's hard to even imagine what that is. It's got air conditioning. <laughs> and, I, and I wonder even that if. That one million dollars stripped down. You got to crank open your own windows. Terrible. If he understands it's just about his brand and it's a way to make more money, then I get it. But if you're buying it actually to try to satisfy something, I really seriously don't get it. And maybe that means I'm well-adjusted or something. Mm. But I can't imagine. Well, you're old Simple Jack. How you, you would, simple needs. How you would think, yeah, my life is better. I've spent $4 million on this car. Right. Really? Well, well you, you bought the Maybach LE. You got the stripped-down version because you're old Simple Jack. You don't get it. He goes to the auto broker. He says, well, what's the most incredible thing you got? Give me one of them. Because well, Floyd, it, then it's what? The, I don't Stim care. Just like give a, me one of them. Because it looks it, like a transformer. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because then it, then what? What what level is is all it's, of the enjoyment? Then you drive it around. Yeah, what do you mean, then what? It's peacocking. It, 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 of course. It's flaunting your wealth. It's, it's, I can afford this car. That's what I was wondering. I saw him pull into the Bellagio or whatever <clears> parking lot. Is all the enjoyment in getting out of the car? Is that the whole thing? Because sure. it's probably not the driving it. Yeah, it just it's, seems it's very show, it's show business. It just seems very weird to me. And yeah. he also has a a history of unlike most people where you buy a new car, drive it off the lot, it loses 40%, 50% of its value. He actually has a an arrangement where he get, he pays all cash for all of his cars and then because this was a car Floyd Mayweather owned and drove, he's able to sell it for sometimes even a profit even wow. after driving it around for a little while. Want a car he drove. That's some, another some thing people I, would. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, well. It's the end times. You're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. Dogs living with cats, fire and brimstone, etc. $150,000 bottle of champagne McGregor drank after the whiskey. And not including that, the the rest of his bar tab was like 125000 Not just his, but that, mm-hmm. that he ended up picking up. That's a, you know, that's that's a big, ex- well, he makes a lot of money, he spends a lot of money. Yeah. Fair enough. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got Trump advisors now very publicly breaking with the president and stuff people think kids should be able to do at various ages. Minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Apparently, the popular look at the fight was the tight-fitting suit that McGregor wears and uh, no socks and dress shoes. That's the, that was the hot look at the fight for the cool people. Mm. I don't know how you do that no socks and dress shoes thing. But. Well, I bought a couple of suits when I was at my thinnest, so maybe I'll throw those on. They'll, they'll be really tight-fitting. <laughs> like, the fly won't close. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is that the look that people were going with? <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I see that at the Video Music Awards, which I did not see last night, uh, a descendant of General Robert E. Lee spoke. So I would like to hear that. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
And uh, 72-year-old Rod Stewart saying, do you think I'm yes. sexy? Oh, yes. boy. My that... mom my mom might. In a word, a contemporary. no, not really. <laughs> uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, no let up from the rain and the misery. Tropical storm Harvey keeps pouring on Houston and southeast Texas. The storm is hovering and dumping rain that's being measured now by the foot. President Trump, First Lady Melania, expected to visit tomorrow. They're talking about another 50 inches of rain over the next few days in Houston. I saw the New York Times. Their headline was, Trump visit to storm-ravaged Texas will only complicate things. Right. And you wouldn't have attacked him if he hadn't shown up. Good Lord. Of course. And and President Obama occasionally would make those trips. And it's just... It's just so tiring. It is. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's tiring. Over the weekend, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson on Fox News Sunday indicated President Trump's values should be considered separate from America's when it comes to race, appearing to repudiate the president's response to violence in Virginia. That's the way the Associated Press presents the story. Chris Wallace was asked if Trump's statement might not be causing some doubt in world leaders' minds about whether America still stands by its historic values. I don't believe anyone doubts the American people's values or the commitment of the American government or the government's agencies to advancing those values and defending those values. And and the president's values? The president speaks for himself, Chris. Are you separating yourself from that sir i've spoken i've made my own comments as to our values as well in a speech i gave to the state department this past week so what was that i watched that and i thought what was that do you want political analysis or the truth both well all right the political analysis was what chris wallace was working at there are various highly placed cabinet members who are, are more willing than at any time in recent memory to say, uh, well, I'll just uh, speak for my department and we're going to do this. And in a way that is not coordinating the message with the president the way it's been done in the past. The truth is, Tillerson is saying, look, old Rambles McPotus, he says stuff wrong. He says stuff he only half means or but I just, I don't want to, don't pin that to me. I'll say what I think, and you ask him what he thinks, because he, he, he's crazy. <laughs> While at the same time, if you uh, if you end up on the wrong side of Trump, then you're going to get, you know, nasty tweets about you and leaks and all that sort of stuff. Right, yeah. So the real world analysis is, it's just so complicated, the things he says and asking me to react to him. Look, you want to know what I think, I'll tell you what I think. Stuff that people think kids should be able to do at various ages. Kids expected to hit certain milestones when they're growing up. Survey of a couple thousand parents gives... Any child who can't pole vault by the age of six is no child of mine. I told my kids that many times. Survey of a couple thousand... Age five, have a job. Age eight, learn to smoke. (laughs) A couple thousand parents uh, surveyed uh, gave some insight about when they think certain milestones should be reached. For example... Mozart was writing symphonies at age six. What's the problem with you, huh? For example, most believe kids should be allowed pocket money at age nine, start putting their own clothes in the wash at age eight, and should be able to walk alone to school and have their own cell phones by age 12. Also, you got to be 12 to walk alone to school. Wow, that's really mm. interesting. I think I was second grade when I started doing that, maybe first. It's yeah, a, It's a five-mile yep. walk on a county road. It just seems like a bad idea at any age, really. 
for my kids. Well, sure, but that's I'm different. Not gonna, I'm not going to have them walk on a county road with semi trucks going by. No, yeah, their little backpack and their juice box. <laughs> oh. Just seems like a bad idea. Also, most think that kids are old enough for their own Facebook account at 14 and should be allowed to listen to explicit songs by age 15. Again, a survey well, of 2,000 parents. I'm surprised at uh, the songs that uh, contemporaries of my uh, boys um, hear or listen to. I'm surprised by it. I don't know if the parents uh, don't know what their kids are listening to or don't care. Mm. But uh, Sam Sam came away from a, uh, my seven-year-old came away right. from a recent get-together wanting to hear a, an Eminem song that I had not played or heard, and I, I played some of it before. I thought, oh, you're, oh, we're, not, we're not listening to this. How come? We listen to it over and over. Are, are there edits available, maybe? Or is it just bad parenting? We'll take your call. I don't know. Maybe it was an edited version. That could be. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Voice of the West. There are very few Eminem songs that even if edited, I think are suitable for seven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We uh, we listen to Lose Yourself over and over again. He loves that song. But I glare at him every time the F-bomb is dropped. There's three F-bombs, and every time I glare at him, like, we don't approve of that, do we? Mm. <laughs> and he glares at me back. Like, he, he doesn't approve either. Certainly not. <laughs> Filthy. Oh, boy. So. Although, if you let him listen to it and don't overreact, I remember listening to Ice T and with my mom in the room, and I would look at her hoping for a reaction. She just shrugged it off. And I was like, oh, okay. It's and for years, deal. you were an MS at 13, weren't uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, uh, speaking of violence, uh, more to violence in uh, Berserkly and other places, and mainstream media finally catching on. Everybody seems to understand what Antifa is now, right? Took a while. Uh, some people are starting to understand. Awesome. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. the new dogs stay tuned will do how many freaking dogs were on our flight last night oh, yeah. airports Lord. are full of dogs if chickens are the new dogs there's gonna be a lot of chickens in airports soon. oh good super something to look forward to uh headline uh mom fires gun found at mall to see if it was real i think we're supposed to make fun of this woman or her, her son found a gun in a dressing room at an atlanta mall and uh, Mom said, well, let's figure out if it's real and pull the trigger. And uh, it was, turns out. Thank God nobody's dead. Who would do that? Well, again, I think uh, we're meant to make fun or criticize uh, this woman for what she did. But I will tell you this. If her stated purpose was to find out if the gun was real, there's no more effective way to do that than the way she did it. So I credit her for her efficiency. Jeez. No charges filed as yet. Because I don't think stupid is a crime. <laughs> wow. Wow. Would be in Joe Arpaio's America. Um, I forgot. So he, Arpaio, was given the job of hiring experts to determine whether or not Obama's birth certificate was a forgery. And Arpaio put his best people on it and came back and said it is a forgery. Right. That was his role in the whole birther thing. Oh, okay. I remember that. Trump was giving him, you know, the, <laughs> the, the mantle of the top lawman in America. Yeah. I'm going to put the right. best guy on it. 
is this birth certificate of forgery in Arpaio? Had his best people right. go over it. Well, I saw some of those, uh, you know, photographs and all of it, and it looks odd. But I have no, I, I have no way of verifying if any of it's authentic. So I just didn't worry about it. Right, I wasn't born here. I mean, we have people who I agree with politically ninety three percent of the time. Well, high ninety twos, ninety two point six, <laughs> who send us stuff that's fake. Or, or altered, or a little too good to be true, and I look into it and find out it's not. It's just so hard to figure out what's real these days during the end times. New book out about the I-generation, I-gen. You're not helping, by the way. Stop it. Are you tired of generation stories? Yes. I'm, I'm a little tired of generation stories. Yes, I am too. This was kind of But I-gen, this is a new one. You've we, got my ear. We might have to have this author on just because what she, uh, she thinks she knows about uh, young people. Why today's super-connected kids are growing up less rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood. I like that title. One of the things that sucked me in is that it wasn't all one way or the other. Because usually these are all one way or the other. I, I say four for four, having observed that generation. It's usually this... In this, terms of truth. This generation is all self-obsessed and lazy, or hardworking and honorable, or whatever. Right. I like that she throws in it. So, I, Jen, why today's super-connected kids are growing up less rebellious... More tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood. And it's a psychology professor at San Diego State. Let's get her on. Yeah, we got to get her on. And um, uh, Miss Twang or Twang is not indulging in hyperbole when she tells us that this is the first generation that prefers virtual to real relationships. Something we've talked about a lot. Uh, yeah. And if that's the future of mankind, it's going to be very weird. I wonder where that's going to go. With the advent of social media, the the, the end times. The end times. Well, yeah. With the advent of social media and smartphones, teens' social lives shifted decisively away from in-person interaction. They spend much less time with their friends in person than teens did in previous decades. Uh, Thus, they don't date as much or hang out with their friends as often. That's been my observation. Yep. Yet they don't spend their time reading in any serious or systematic way either. They're much less likely to read books than the millennial, Gen X, and boomer predecessors. Book reading down their academic skills lag behind those millennials by significant margins and they are less informed about current events um uh, we'll have to get her on and ask her about that we did have that study fairly recently that now was it 75 percent of people are are 75 percent of people are straight a students or something like that oh yeah that's right it's hard to know yeah 50 percent of all grades given in america are a's i think is that what we're well i would in terms of being quote-unquote informed about uh, current events I think they are aware of some things because they're uh, like-minded uh, thought bubble or, uh, you know, ideological bubble friends send it around. So they're, I mean, they're quote-unquote aware of what's going on, but only in a very narrow way. Worse. And entirely uh, ideological. Worse, living their lives online hasn't made members of iGen happy. On the contrary, the more time they spend online, the worse they feel. This generation says it's at the forefront of the worst mental health crisis in decades, with high rates of teen depression and suicide skyrocketing. I have not seen any evidence that the hyperconnectedness leads any kids I know to being happier. That is interesting. I have not. I have never gotten the impression that, oh man, this is a real source of joy. That is interesting because that's what's driving us to do it, right? Is that we think it's going to make us happy. 
Mm. Makes us happy in tiny little blips. I got a text. I got a like. I got a whatever. Yeah, I'd, I'd say be careful about using the word happy that way, mm. which gets to the crux of the issue. If you're happy and you know it. What do I do? That's my question. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.